Welcome to Jurassic Pod, a podcast 65 million years in the making and the fourth most popular Jurassic Park podcast on the internet. In this show, we excavate, theorize, and decipher the evolution of the Jurassic Park films and their fandom. Mike, this is the big one. The big one. In 2015, a man named Brad Jost started a podcast to celebrate and discuss Jurassic Park. Little did he know that his indie podcast would develop into a worldwide platform of fans and diehards investing their hearts into a franchise and building a community of passion and kindness. Fast forward six years, and now there are multiple Jurassic Park podcasts on the internet, including our humble show. But Brad only sees this as a good thing for the franchise and the fan community. Mike, wow. Here we go. We got Brad, the founder of the Jurassic Park podcast, on the show. I got to have the pleasure of interviewing him. Wow. He he really is something. Uh, he, I just, I'm very humbled by the fact that he... He just really, this is like his, his attitude towards this is at one, he has a great platform that he's, that he's built uh, from Jurassic Park fandom. And he's like, got this attitude of, uh, the same, like when you go to Disney world and you just tell people about Disney world because it was so awesome. And so he's just excited that other people are talking about it. And I think that that's really cool. He's the patron saint of Jurassic Park fandom. And I was blown away. I told him this, but he really did give me faith back into kind of internet culture and internet fandom. Uh, I think there's been so much like rough, dark things coming up from like, especially comic book fandom, uh, Star Wars. There's a lot of like historical bad internet fandom that's abusive. That's that kind of obsessively, just rude and mean and what he's created is really something beautiful and i think part of it's just kind of this this kind of in almost like indie nature of of jurassic park like there's almost kind of like a it's not like the big boys as as far as star trek star wars comic book movies it's, it's really beautiful the one thing that i think really helps uh guys like brad us and the greater jurassic park fan community in talking about these things is in those other franchises you mentioned there's these big debates that everyone takes sides with where in Jurassic Park it's just fun we're all just here to enjoy the attraction yeah and that's so true and as he talks about it in the interview that it really starts with dinosaurs like our all our childlike love for dinosaurs and when that's like the foundation of why people enjoy Jurassic Park it it kind of centers it in a positive realm plus the connection to this theme park aspect of of the franchise and then the actual connection to the theme parks uh is is pretty cool and brad has a huge passion for for theme parks too uh again i had the utmost pleasure of talking to him and we talked about a lot of things i feel like i could have talked to him for four hours uh though he did help settle some some heated yes. debates that we have had on the show thank god i like there is finally a a voice of reason. We don't need JD, you know, helping to perpetuate this this hey, myth. Hey, we'll we'll talk about it after. Let's listen to the interview and then we'll talk about it. Brad, welcome to Jurassic Pod. 
I always like to ask people, what was your first experience with Jurassic Park and what really hooked you? Huh, my first experience uh, was, it was back, you know, early 90s before the film came out, actually. And um, I remember I was on the front porch at my house. I was like maybe seven years old, six, five, six, seven, somewhere in that range. And I remember my mom was reading a book on the porch and she she called me over and was like talking about how scary this this moment was, how there was like, you know, like these hives of raptors and like different dinosaurs and stuff like that. And it, whatever she was describing in that moment was so terrifying and just so just amazing sounding at the same time. And I was just enamored with dinosaurs to begin with. So to hear this, like that sparked my interest. And I think from that point on, I was just you know, I was hooked. And then I got the the toys for Christmas in 93. I saw the movie before that, obviously, but like it was, yeah, it was a, I think the book that hooked me first, um, not that I read it as a, you know, like a seven-year-old or anything, but just hearing those, those lines read to me was, was pretty terrifying. That's brilliant. It's really cool to hear someone who had the book as kind of their first taste and not even the book as reading it as an adult, but kind of a book as, yeah, in tertiary hearing about it. That's, I mean, that's a really cool experience. All right. I want to bring you back to, to, to 2015. So go in a time machine to 2015. You're about to record your first episode. Uh, what were you feeling? What were you feeling at that time? What was like your motivation? And did you expect to be doing like live YouTube episodes and having this huge following and community? Like bring me back to that mindset. I don't know. I, so back in 2015, um, I, it actually kind of dates back a little farther than that. I really wanted to start a show about something, you know, and I was, I, I had a podcast like back in 2008 and that was like before technology was much easier. I mean, it's still <laughs> yeah. troublesome these days, but like it was, it, we, we just ended up quitting back then. And then I, I always wanted to do something else. And then over the years I, I was listening to other shows and I found one called uh, the IndieCast, And um, I just love the production that they put into it. They did, stuff that I, you know, I'm doing now. It's like, you know, they did audio clips and uh, different contributors and all kinds of people involved in in one topic, Indiana Jones. And I, I was like, you know what? I feel like Jurassic needs something like that. I had listened to a few different Jurassic shows at the time. And I was like, I kind of want something that, that I want to hear and I want to listen to in that sense. So I was like, you know what? Let me just make it. <laughs> Let me just make it. And I was, I was terrified. Like I, I'm not a person who is very outgoing in any way, shape or form. Like, you know, if, I, I have a hard time talking to somebody on the, you know, on the street next to me or the office next to me. It's like, ah, no, I'm okay. I'll just sit here by myself. But like, I, so that was a little nerve wracking trying to get into this, having your words out there all the time and your thoughts and your opinions. And then, you know, it just eventually evolved into something much bigger. And, and I think it was an outlet to, to give me, room to talk and and to have you know something to talk about which was really really cool so you know jurassic was something that i've just been passionate about for forever you know as long as i can remember now and uh i just wanted an outlet to talk about it with you know a bunch of really cool people so it, it's been cool to kind of uh see it grow and and do live streams and all kinds of stuff now it's it's awesome that's really cool to to hear about especially because it sounds like you've grown as the show's grown as part of that, which is really awesome. I, I just started listening back to a few episodes from the early days and I was like, oh gosh, this is the worst. What was I doing? <laughs> like, why, why did I sound like this? Why, why did I choose to do this or that? Like the show has mostly stayed the same, but like 
I've changed so much, like you're saying, and like it's helped me grow and and become more comfortable in situations. So I think it's it's a, a you know win win all around. It's probably a good sign. And I you talked about kind of the format with the indie cast and how you were inspired by that. But can you share a little bit about the contributors a part of, as part of your network and how they've helped grow the show? And and they're it seems like a really unique and wide array of diverse group of people. So how has that helped you grow and kind of lift up the show's impact. It's amazing. I mean, there there's so many people and that this is one thing that I've learned over time is like as a as a fan growing up, I thought it was just me and my 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 cousin and my sister. You know, I didn't I didn't know anybody else cared about Jurassic. You know, I, I had no clue. So then you you start to go on the on the web and you're like, "Oh, this is cool. There's Twitter, there's all kinds of people that are really into these things." And um yeah, I just started to find people from around the world that literally are interested in Jurassic. And, uh, you know, whether it was me reaching out to somebody to ask if they wanted to produce something or people just, you know, emailing me as the show was progressing and just said, you know, hey, I have something to offer. Would you like to hear about this or that? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. The, and, you know, we were talking about the IndieCast. That is the thing that really influenced the way I do my show is like, you know, they were always really open to just anybody out there, whoever it was, if you wanted to submit something, you're welcome. You, you know, that's it. You're welcome to do it. And I kind of wanted that to be this show as well. It's like anybody can submit something. Anybody can do it because I'm not alone. Like you're a Jurassic fan. So many Jurassic fans out there. Like I wanted to hear other people's opinions and especially hearing so many opinions from like, you know, people just literally all over the world on, on our show is just really, really impressive. And, you know, uh, so, uh, I, you know, I have so much, only so much time to produce things myself. So it's actually really <laughs> great to have, to have so much backup and so many people there, you know, ready to, now I'm not like, Hey, make some content for me, but like they, they actually are willing to do what they want to do. And, you know, I, I let, I leave it up to people to talk about whatever they want and whatever kind of, so, uh, you know, segment they want to talk about or whatever subject, like it's up to them. You know, we, we have a guy uh, named Arjun who just produced an, an entire audio drama. And then we, you know, put it all on the show. And I was just like, man, I never would have had time to do something like that, you know? So it's, uh, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm super proud of all these awesome people. And I, I, I just think it's uh, a good place to, you know, hear different opinions. Well, kudos to you. Cause I think I always talk to people. I, in my professional life, I'm, I'm working in the digital space and in the content space. And I always like to tell people that there's such a negative perception of the internet and like what it's done to our society. But like you're in your podcast and your community is an example of like, it's a really cool way where people are connecting over a shared love of a franchise, but it's, it's showcasing people's talents and abilities. So kudos to you for, for kind of being the, the host and, and kind of organizing all this. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give myself any credit. Like it's just, it's all on everybody else. Like, you know, everybody reached out and, and they're doing their own thing. Like I, I almost have no part in it someday, some like episodes. I'm just like, I'm just here to say this person's on the show today and then they take over, you know, it, it, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, like you're saying, the internet can be a really, really awesome place. And I've met so many awesome people and I've, I've actually been able to like, you know, meet a lot of these people in person, go to their weddings, be a part of their wedding. Like just, so you know, cool. I've, I've seen so many of these people in person many times over and it's amazing. You know, it's really, really cool. So Brad, I got to get into some details uh, and ask you some hard hitting questions. So we're going to get into the, the content of the franchise. 
this show, Jurassic Pod, we started it as kind of an exploration. I've always loved Jurassic Park, but my co-host, Mike, is a huge fan. It's his number one franchise. I'm really into Star Wars, Batman, um, the Jaws franchise. So, But he was like, this is my franchise. And I've always been curious about it. And so that's why we started this show as, an, as kind of a, a one-off short-run show just to go d- a deep dive into the franchise and its fandom and why it's so successful and, and impacts so many people. So I wanted to ask you as an expert, uh, as someone who's sourced from a great community, what are some of the main reasons that you think Jurassic Park is still impacting people today? Why they're still making movies today? I mean, I think the number one thing is just dinosaurs. Like it, it, yeah. it's, it's dinosaurs. I mean, it, it's, it's self-explanatory. They are unmatched. You know, they, we don't have anything like them. We don't have anything to really compare to. You know, we have some big animals, but like nothing like a dinosaur. They're, they're basically these like myth, mythological beings <laughs> that we just cannot fathom, you know, and to, to have films like Jurassic that put them right in front of you and make them seem as real as they do. Uh, you know, I don't think that's something that will ever die off. I think you'll always find people that are you know, interested in wanting to see that stuff, you know, you know, sure. The franchise may change and evolve over time, but I think when it comes down to the dinosaurs, that's really what, you know, makes people stick around. Um, but I think, you know, there's so many other facets as well. I mean, Steven Spielberg, you mentioned Jaws, like he, he's gone on and made so many incredible movies. So you can't help, but just be intrigued by what he's going to make. And, and his, you know, it's his baby at this point, you know, even still, even, even with Colin Trevorrow and all that, um, John Williams, you know, creating masterful scores. And it's just like, you know, the, the first two scores that he made, it was, they're incredible for, for Jurassic. I mean, all the other ones are good too, but like you, those are unrivaled. Um, and then the effects, like, the effects it made it like a pivotal change in the industry where like you know they went from one thing and they ended up here and it's just it's a completely ch- a different change for the industry of you know cg and uh just just everything it just it dramatically changed things so i think it, it cemented itself in history where people are like, okay, yeah. this movie means something. This this movie matters. We have to keep paying attention. No pun intended here. A universal kind of human <laughs> human connection. Like I feel like we all as kids probably had that connection to dinosaurs, the mystery, the fascination. And then secondary, the, the impact of that film, that first film uh, in in cinema history is is still, you're still seeing the effects of it today. Um, I wanted to, to ask you about I don't know if this is the right term, the expanded universe of, of Jurassic Park. Uh, it's something we we have not touched as a podcast because we know that there is podcasts, specifically yours, is out there. So anytime that's come up, we're like, there's some way more talented and smarter people talking about this. So go listen to Jurassic Park podcasts because they're the, they're the experts. But for maybe our listeners who haven't gone onto your feed yet and haven't subscribed, which they will after this episode, what are maybe some of the big highlights that you can think of from the quote unquote expanding universe of video games, graphic novels, toys, and yes, Camp Cretaceous? Oh, well, you know, it's unfortunately such a, a short list, you know, <laughs> it's not like Star Wars, you know, if we've always wanted to be 
the Star Wars, you know, like we want Jurassic to be that way. We want it to have all of this amazing stuff that we can go and, you know, binge and enjoy. Um, and it's getting there. It's just barely getting there. Yeah, we've had some games like Jurassic Park, the game back in, what was that, 2011, 12, 13, oh, yeah. somewhere in that range. That was a really fun game. But like, for me, I'm I'm about like, canonically speaking, like I like the stuff that matters, you know, like I like you know the, the that game doesn't necessarily matter to the overall story it's like with star wars you know like i i never got into the old books you know when they were coming out i literally i felt like i was too far behind with with star wars and i'm like i can't <laughs> I, there's no sense That's in me why you to think <laughs> I, I know and then and then 2012 or whatever that was it, you know they they disney bought it and they essentially started from scratch right like outside of clone wars and the movies there was nothing else with canon really so like it was kind of nice to have that where you could build and be like all right this is the starting point jurassic is is kind of at that starting point still you know with the with the expanded universe but camp cretaceous is is excellent and that's the main thing you know like that is the only other canon material out there for jurassic so it's expanding it in a really interesting way and kind of answering questions like little details that you you want to know about and really just expanding the lore in, in some pretty neat ways so I'm, I'm really into that show you know i know a lot of people look at it and be like oh it's animated or it's cartoon or whatever but like it's much more than that and it actually deals with a lot of cool concepts from the franchise so that's a fun one uh i know there was comics out there i never really got into the comics but they were like wild you know there's some really weird yeah. stuff in those um and you know but that's i mean that's about it. I mean, there's a uh, evolution games on on your consoles now, and those are fun. But uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a short list of things. There's not a lot. Don't look up <laughs> don't look up the Jurassic World motion comics. That's what I'm going to tell you to do. Do do not okay. look at those because they are not the best things that they've ever produced. So I don't even know where those stand. You know, as far as like, do we are they real? Do they count or no? Um, yeah. But actually. Uh, you know, a, a fun one you can kind of add into that is um, Jurassic World Live Tour. It's like a, you know, it's it was this it was a show that used to tour around the country, and it actually told a really fun and interesting story, set basically at the tail end of Jurassic World, and then, you know, uh, then it just kind of spanned its own amount of time in between Jurassic World and the next film, Fallen Kingdom, um, and that show has not come back uh, since. COVID started and everything. So I know they're still thinking about bringing it back sometime, but uh, you know, that was a really interesting story with that show. And I think like, if that was to ever be something that mattered story-wise, like that was, that was such a great show. I really miss it. It's interesting. And one, one kind of thing that's come up while we've been rewatching these movies and having these discussions is what's happening at the actual theme parks in, in Florida specifically we're seeing the franchise almost unfold on itself where the actual theme park rides are becoming a part of this expansive universe. Uh, are you a theme park like geek? Cause my, my co-host Mike is, I'm not as much, but I think it's interesting to see them kind of fold in on themselves as they develop the theme parks. Yeah. Well, am I a theme park geek? I've got on my Velocicoaster hat, so I've, I'm good there. <laughs> I've also got a shirt on for my other podcast that is about, theme parks so okay. yeah so I, i'm so a theme yes. park geek, i guess you could say um but yeah the, it's really cool what they're what they're doing specifically with like velocicoaster how 
you know, if it's basically set in that universe, no, we never see it. It's not something we ever see in a movie or anything, but they treat it like it's a part of the, the movie universe where you have the characters from the films, you have Owen and Claire uh, in the queue and then, and then uh, uh, Dr. Wu is in there too, Mr. DNA. Like, so they treat it like it's really part of it. And it's really fun to kind of put yourself in that world and, you know, feel like you're in Jurassic World for a little bit. Um, you know, I'm actually really interested in um, Universal Beijing whenever that is opening sometime, you know, soon, any some, day. It's, it's imminent. Um, yeah. It's imminent. But, uh, the, you know, they've actually built a full, well, not a full, but, you know, a, a portion, a land at their park that is Jurassic World, like, from scratch. It's beautiful. It's got a mountain and it's got the innovation center from Jurassic World. It's got a Hammond restaurant, like, and it's got a full Jurassic World uh, ride. And it's, uh, it, it looks amazing. I can't wait to maybe one day get out there and, and do that to, to actually live, you know, in Jurassic for a little bit. That's really cool. I, I think that's where this franchise has a huge opportunity to connect with the theme parts because it's part of the, the films it is like that's what the films are really a, a huge part of what they're about and it's a i'm curious to see what what happens is as the movies evolved maybe in line with these these theme parks and what they can do from an entertainment standpoint i think it i think some cool stuff is, is coming universal is and not just the parks but like the 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 overall universal studios is like very stuck on the moment in time where the Indominus Rex lives, you know, like that moment in time, like they centered uh, the, the the live tour around that moment in time. Uh, and then also Jurassic World, the ride is in that moment in time, that Universal Beijing, it's it's that moment in time. Uh, yeah. So it, it's kind of nice to not have Velocicoaster be centered around like that moment in time. It's a little bit before that. So it's like, it's kind of cool to have something that's a little different, but I, you know, where are the franchise is going now with like dominion and all that with dinosaurs being out in the wild like kind of makes these these parks obsolete you know like where do we stand yeah. now like i want to see attractions like not just from one moment in time i want to see it like span a whole bunch of different eras and and you know different things like i want a jurassic park jeep ride and you know i want to see a a ride where dinosaurs are out in the wild like i, I want to see like all different moments in time i think that would be really cool there's so much they could do and i'm I'm definitely excited to see it all right i'm gonna get into some some tough questions that you might not be able to answer but i, I need some expert opinion as we've rewatched these movies things that have come up um the first one isn't from the first film um, there is a scene where, uh, two, I guess two scenes, it's all centered around the T-Rex paddock. So the first time you see the T-Rex paddock, uh, you see the goat, it's fed. Um, there seems to be like when you first watch the movie, there is a main level of the paddock. There, there's no elevation change. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. We cut to later in the film at night, uh, the sequence where the T-Rex breaks through the barrier, um, the chaos ensues. Um, and then we see a shot where we're looking over the barrier and there seems to be a huge drop off. I don't know if you're familiar with this debate, but it's something that came up when we were, we were, we were talking about it. What is your, your opinion on the elevation of the T-Rex paddock? I will tell you my theory. My theory is that the T-Rex shimmied onto the, the ledge and that there is an elevation change and the T-Rex was able to shimmy on the ledge to break through. Um, my, my main piece of evidence is the shot where the claws are dangling on the, the, the wire is part of the shimmying 
so they can get in. So that's my theory. But what are your thoughts? You know, there it is a, a hotly debated topic, of course. Um, but I think there's some pretty good, gra uh, not graphs, um, you know, concept arts and just diagrams and things like that. Where, and actually, things like from the the set things that they use to build the set and everything that actually do kind of explain it and and where the jeeps, uh, the trucks, the explorers stop at certain parts in the film. One way they're going, you know, to the left and the other way they're going to the right. So it's like they stop at different points. And it's pretty feasible that there was an area where the ground is level with the fence. And then there's the goat chamber that it rises up out of there. But then there's just a steep, you know, a steep drop off. And I think if I remember correctly, I think it would be off to the left of the scene. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it is. But like, as I'm thinking about the truck there, it gets flipped over. And then I don't know, I think it's off to the left. But um, but yeah, I think it's, it's fairly evident through all of this imagery that you can have this really steep, just like incline or decline down to that ravine. So I don't know, I, I believe it. I, I'm not too fussed about it. Um, it is one of those funny things. You're like, well, how did that happen? There was, it was just not there. That's a that's a plot hole or something. But there's there's some evidence. There's a little bit of evidence. <laughs> if you did, it, it, it came up when we, we, we watched the movie before we talked about it. And my co host and I literally paused the movie, I got out a pen and paper, we were scribbling over the pen and paper, like lunatics. Yeah trying to figure this out and my co-host is an engineer so he was really he was trying to diagram it all out i went with a more uh, fantastical solution but uh some some diagram that came out it was uh, like from an auction i i don't remember who it was from it was like phil Tippett or you know somebody had an auction yeah. where they were selling off you know different pieces of paperwork and stuff like that from the film and you know uh blueprints and stuff like that and it was one of those that actually like showcased pretty good diagram of like what it was so i'd have to track that down and maybe send it over to you sometime yes brad we need it to, to really help with this debate because it's it's continued through every single episode it's come i've brought it up intentionally um another another thread that's been running through our show um which i'm sure you're familiar familiar with is the undeniable road leading to these two big universal franchises combining together i think the working title should be jurassic furious it's the Fast and Furious franchise in Jurassic Park combining into a super film. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you know, it's it's not anything that'll ever happen. You know, they joke about it. And Colin Trevorrow, uh, director of the the you know Jurassic World and and uh, Dominion, he's he's basically joking joking about it with uh, some interviewers and stuff like that recently. So it's fun to kind of tease and think about, but I don't ever see that actually happening. But man, I would love it. I was actually joking about it on my episode this week. And then I started joking about it in the live stream this week. And I was like, I didn't even mean to continually joke about this, this, you know, all roads lead to, and I think I was joking about like Isla Sorna for like Camp Cretaceous season four. I was like, all roads lead to Isla Sorna. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it would be absurd and it, you know, I would not like it canonically speaking, but like, it would no, be fun. no. It, would, it would be fun. You know, if they it, made, it like, would a be fun film you know it would be kind of fun to see family is a big theme in the fast and furious well it might be the only theme um so in Dr the jurassic franchise family is a huge theme that that comes up so i think there's there there could you'd have to connect somehow an old nephew of vin diesel's character or something as at the park and they have to go rescue you could just do a one-off quick one and just get basically get that fast team on the island 
I got I got it. You know, like there's this there's this question from Falling Kingdom, the last film so far. It's like, how did Benjamin Lockwood's daughter die? Maisie. Yes. You know, it's this girl that was cloned and he cloned her and now she's a young girl. And we, we don't know like how or when she died, but like everybody's theorizing about like how she died and stuff like that. Was like, was she on the island when she died? I could see like, yeah, maybe, maybe like, you know, somebody from Dom's family, like, you know, was driving a car on Isla Nublar one day and just like crashed into her, you know, by mistake. And then now, you know, now she's got it out for, for the Toretto's, you know, I could see it. I could see it. Universal, make it happen. We just gave you the pitch. That's that. That's easy. If you're listening, any Universal executives, please uh, make it happen. Um, all right, I, I'm going to move on to something I call the lightning round. I was trying to think of a good Jurassic pun for a lightning round, but um, so I'm going to run through each film, and what I want you to do is give me your high point of the movie, or it's kind of like this is like summer camp. Give me your high point and your low point. So I'm going to run through each one just as quick as possible. What's like your your high, your favorite part of the movie, and your low, your least favorite part? Are you ready, Brad, to do this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's start with Jurassic Park. What's your high? Uh, it's got to be the T-Rex encounter. The T-Rex breakout is incredible. The best. What's your low? Oh, gosh. My low? Oh, man. I don't this even know. This one. is hard. This is almost impossible. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like some scene with Dennis Nedry and like the you know, just doing computer stuff. I don't, and maybe I don't care about that. I don't know. Like, I, I like the whole thing. It's impossible. That's an impossible question. And I think that that is the right answer that there really isn't. Um, all right. The Lost World. What's your high? Oh my gosh. Uh, the whole thing. I love that movie so much. Um, no, I'll say, I'll say when they travel to the island. There's there's a track called uh, 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 Malcolm's Journey, and that moment in time where they're showing the trucks on the island and the music, it's just incredible. I love that moment so much. Oh, you're right. That is. So this is a side note, sidebar. Interesting enough, I think the Lost World and Jaws two are almost, if not better, uh, scores than the the predecessors by John Williams. Hot take, hot take, but. I'm not sure about Jaws. I have no clue, but like definitely Jurassic. Like I think the highs in, in the Lost World score are so incredibly good and it's so underrated. Nobody ever talks about that score with John Williams. It's so frustrating because it's so good. You know, it is, I love it. It, it is it, amazing. That movie overall, that movie overall is like kind of neck and neck one and two uh, with, with Jurassic Park for me. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, well, this is going to be hard. What's your low for, uh, for the Lost World? Okay, well, I mean, it's not that hard. It's the, it's the scream of that baby T-Rex. It's literally the, one of the most annoying sounds you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's piercing. Uh, you would think maybe uh, the, the trained doctor wouldn't bring the animal back to the RV, but <laughs> just, just say it. Just say it. Um, all right. Uh, I like to call this film Jurassic Park Claw Mark. Uh, that's what I think it actually is called. Or Jurassic Park 3, also known as that. What's your high? Uh, mm, okay. Oh, the Spinosaurus. The Spinosaurus is the best thing from that movie. It's so it's incredible. Good. I think, you know, it's one of my favorite dinosaurs in this franchise. It's so awesome. I love that it beats a T-Rex in that movie. 
I don't care. I know a lot of people are going to come at me for that, but I, I love that it rips that neck, just <laughs> just twists it. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite part. I think just, just overall that Spinosaur. Oh, it's, it's so good. And I, again, sidebar, this is not a lightning round, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm totally, I'm totally sabotaging my own concept. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that scene because rewatching Jurassic Park 3 or Jurassic Park Clawmark, that scene is very much like, this is different. We're, we're like, we're going to kill, quote unquote, one of the main characters in the first two films. Like, this is going to be a different Jurassic Park movie. And I think it sets a good tone for the movie. Rewatching it, I really enjoyed Jurassic Park 3. Uh, it's fast and, f- and furious, I would say. Uh, it is. It's very, yeah, it's very fast, unfortunately fast. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that kind of ties into my low for this movie. Um, I'll just I'll just cut to the chase. The, the movie has no ending. You know, yes. like it's, it just stops. <laughs> That's it. It's just like, hey, oh, oh, we're at the end. Oh, OK, bye. All right, let's get off the island. It's it's clearly missing like a big finale, such a well. Bummer. When you have uh, a contact at uh, the with the U.S. Navy to bring the entire U.S. Navy uh, down to the island, so I mean, it's just going to end the movie real quick. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was more to it. You know, it could have it could have been like a really awesome movie movie if they added something, some sort of battle or conflict or you know anything else to make it a little bit better. I say, can I say, can I say one more terrible thing? The the yes. the blue screen that they used in the beginning of the movie is literally one of the worst CG moments in history. We we talked about that because it's so jarring. It really it it, it takes you out of the movie right away. Like it's jarring to see that. Uh huh. And it, it 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 was and I equated a lot to that early two thousands kind of evolution of how to use blue screen CG over relying on it and it it kind of fit right into that awkward transition phase yeah i i don't know i know that like um i was actually listening uh shout out to another podcast stuck on sorna it's kind of like a uh, jp3 tribute right now like a full documentary on it and uh if you listen to that they they had some conversation with you know uh people who made the film and they were talking about like Oh, the guy who who like did like the cinematography actually didn't do that moment, and they brought in like the second unit, and they they got yeah. it back, and they're like, "What what is this? We need to we need to change this. We need we need to fix this because this is bad." And they're like, "No, we don't have time. We got to get this movie out. We've had it on posters for long long enough. We got to get this movie out." So it, they knew it was not good, you know, even when they released it. So it's a shame. That, that that's what it felt it really felt like so that that's interesting that that'd be a good listen um all right jurassic world what's your what's your high oh okay my favorite thing is uh the there's this one moment in the film where obviously everybody knows owen is riding his motorcycle the raptors are you know surrounding him as they're running through the jungle but there's specifically like one shot where the camera's like really low to the ground and the raptors kind of like run like around the camera or like through the camera and it just like creates this like shaking effect on the it is so like it, the cg looks incredible in that moment maybe the cg doesn't look great surrounding that moment but that moment in time right there is is so awesome i love it, i love how that looks it's such a good scene it's it's such a good scene that in fallen kingdom they reference that scene like it, that's how you know it's a good scene. In the the sequel, they are referencing the scene that they shot like in the movie. That line is so funny too. Yeah. 
All right. What is your low for Jurassic World? Um, and you cannot, uh, you cannot, the Margaritaville guy, I don't know if you know the Margaritaville guy who is taking the margaritas from Margaritaville. That cannot count because that is my, well, might be my high for the movie. So that cannot count as your low. Yeah, I would not count that. That's a fun, that's a fun moment. I love that. Actually, um, uh, I actually just opened up some uh, collectibles that uh, from the Amber collection. I don't know if anybody collects out there, but um, on the back, it actually referenced the margarita guy, which is Jimmy yes. Buffett. So it's like, it's cool to actually have a reference on there for that guy. Um, so there's a moment where they, it's after the battle with the T-Rex, the Indominus and, and Blue. There's a moment where like, the the T-Rex is just shot horribly. <laughs> so bad. Like I don't know what's going on, but it's just the where like the angle, I think it's like a low angle or something, but the T-Rex just looks just bad in that moment. It looks really great like in so many other moments in that movie, but like that one time and it's such a clear shot and just no there's no like subtlety to it it's just like right there in your face and it's just it's not great all right well last one fallen kingdom what's your high so i think it's got to be the like the ending like kind of like the whole mm, i could i could man this, this all these movies i could say like 10 things 10 things pop into my head about what's so good about them um but the, the let me stick with that in a way like the ending of this movie like it's like a gothic horror movie there's yes. so many references oh, so to good. like yeah there's so many references to like universal monsters whether it's like wolfman dracula like these dinosaurs are essentially you know frankenstein's monster and specifically the indoraptor in this movie is such a a, a gross creature and, and it's so crazy so um i love how it's like a horror movie at the end and it's just like they don't even try to hide it it's just like all the references right there on on the screen um and even in within that sequence there's probably my favorite part of that movie is uh the Stiggy Moloch, which is that dinosaur with the horns on it, like all around its head um, and, or the spikes or whatever. And like Owen just lets it loose on this room full of yeah, people. And it's just that. like, and, and speaking of horror, like they, uh, Michael Giacchino actually like references psycho, like the score from psycho in this moment. And it's, it's due to like the stabbing nature of this dinosaur as it's like stabbing people and throwing them around this room. And it's, it's such a brilliant moment. And you've got Owen essentially being like Jason Bourne or Indiana Jones or something like that. And it's just such a fun moment. It really is one of my favorite sequences of the whole franchise. I actually had never seen it before we did our first rewatch of it. Um, and prior to, I was I was kind of bringing up this theme of because I'm a big fan of kind of like the 70s 80s slasher movies and I was like I need like I need like an 80s 70s like slasher scene with a dinosaur like that's what I want like I was like I need to bring back uh, when Ellie Sadler is like turning on the power and the Raptors are in there and it's dark like I was like I want that in in a movie and then it's like I, I watched Fallen Kingdom for the first time and I was like this is awesome it's it's one of my absolute favorite favorite scenes of, of that movie or the, in the entire franchise um all right what's your low for fallen kingdom <sighs> my low for fallen kingdom okay so there's um there's a moment where owen gets tranked and he's you know he's out he's out for a little <laughs> yes. while and um there's a lot going on elsewhere in this moment but the lava is is coming straight towards owen and it's this really goofy over the top moment where it just like doesn't feel like it fits in this scene but like there's so much 
like literally right next to him is this burning vehicle from 1993 from the movie Jurassic Park, the, the, the truck that fell off the cliff that we were talking about before that just magically appears. That's the spot. And like that, that truck is burning. So we should have some like emotional response to like this happening. And then you've got Owen just like slapstick, like moving his arms yeah. and flopping like around. Monty and Python type of like yeah. slapstick humor. It's not, it doesn't work well for me. I know it, it does for some people, but overall consensus seems to be like, it's a kind of a goofy moment, but um, yeah, that's my probably low po uh, point for this movie. It, yeah, I, I was like, it, it was funny, but I didn't know if I should laugh. Like, it, because that whole in like, what happens after that is like, you build to this emotional moment when they're on the boat and the island's burning. And like, you see the dinosaurs like, fading away into dark like it is an emotional sequence that you're building up to and it feels like there was kind of like a studio note like oh we need to laugh we need a laugh in here and yeah it, yeah it, it's not a bad performance i thought it was a funny like use of of chris pratt's talent but it was yeah i felt like i was watching a guardians movie and not jurassic park yeah yeah it kind of it kind of fits that and he's he's good at that stuff for sure like he's he's a comical guy like it works but like I just didn't, yeah, I kind of wanted, like I was saying, to feel something emotional, to connect with it, because, like, you know, this is this is supposed to be the last time we see this island, you know, like, it's literally on fire everywhere, and, like, we have so many memories attached to this island, uh, dating back to 1993, and it's just like, man, like, I, I kind of wanted to see it burn more and, and like see what happened to the places and things that I know, like that vehicle or the, the visitor center or, you know, different things like that, and that then Owen's just flailing around and it's like, ah, it just takes me out of the moment for a second. All right. I want to talk about Dominion. We're really getting closer to, to this film coming now. And I have a, a limited knowledge, but it does kind of feel like the franchise is at this kind of crossroads moment where we're really, we're committing to the idea that dinosaurs are, they're out They're They're free to roam. What are your hopes for the next film? Oh man. I, well, it's not going to ever come true, but I hope it's longer than, than what they kind of said, because there's so much that needs to happen in this movie. Yeah. And so thing they set up so much stuff with the dinosaurs being out, but then they're like, Oh, guess what guys? Like the original cast, the original three are returning. So like, we got to restart that whole thing and answer some questions and, you know, end their story. Probably we got to end Owen and Claire's story probably figure out what's going on with human cloning and and oh they're bringing back Dodgson from the first film and it's like oh well how we got to set that up again so there's like way too many things I just I just want it to be good I just want it to be good yeah. like I, I don't know I hope it's I hope it's not rushed I hope it feels like they they've taken enough time um you know I I was comfortable with you know, end game doing uh, the whole three hour thing. I, I, I went to see that three times and felt no issue. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And let's do it three times over. And yeah, I just want something like that for Jurassic. But I think Colin was out there saying that like, it's not going to be two and a half hours. It'll be less than that. So I'm like, okay, well, we can maybe still, maybe still answer a lot, all the questions we need. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, if you, if you pay attention to some of the marketing and stuff like that, that's going on because the movie was supposed to be out already so like yeah. some things have been trickling out you know that really couldn't be held back i guess so you're seeing that dinosaurs are starting to literally be everywhere um when you watch fallen kingdom at the end you're like i don't know how that's possible yeah i i 
I feel your sentiment. Um, coming from a lifelong lifelong Star Wars fan, um, I have experience where a franchise tries to rush too much story into films. Um, like I've like accept- ending a film, like a, a franchise is kind of hard, and you don't want to rush it. You know, with two hours of film. Ugh. Yeah, so it, it is going to be a challenge. I hope they they give room to breathe for for because there's so much you could do. Um, but I have high hopes bringing back. I, I like to call them the Holy Trinity when you they haven't been on screen together in, in a long time. It, it's going to be fun to see. One thing I hope that they they don't do is like. We're talking about Jurassic Park three before. Another low point in that movie was when I, you know, when I first saw this movie, I, I didn't expect them to be broken up and to not be together, Alan and Ellie. Um, yeah. You know, I, you, they kind of they fake you out real hard on purpose. Like they show him like playing with a kid, and then oh, Ellie yeah. walks up, maybe, and you're like, oh, this look at this happy family. The 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 circle is complete. This is the story that they set up in the first film, and then all of a sudden, here comes her husband, and you're like. What is happening? Like, so I, I, I don't want them to like backtrack again. No, like, even though no. I wanted them, yeah, I wanted them to be together. But like, I at this point, I'm like, just don't, just, I don't know, just don't break them up again, and and then have them be together. And it's just like it's too convoluted. Just let them be their own people at this point. I hope they don't like yeah. make it too tropey and and forget the past. I, I really want like the past to, to matter like Jurassic park three and, and the lost world. I want to see Sorna, like bring us back to that Island. Um, I've got this huge theory about like how the movie should like start and with flashbacks and all kinds of crazy stuff. But like, it would take me like, you know, an hour to explain the whole thing, but like, like it's, <laughs> I, I, like I, don't that. Know. I want them to do so much. And my hopes are going to be through the roof. So I got to really stop with all the theorizing. And stuff. Yeah. As a Star Wars fan, I've I my lesson has just accept just accept that it is it is a corporation and uh, you have no control. It's not that bad for Jurassic Park, trust me. It's not it's not it's not that bad. But there there's a lot of opportunity to do some really cool things, and I'm I, I hope they get there. All right, speaking of Star Wars, I'm gonna come back to George Lucas. Brad, uh, if you were uh, the George Lucas of Jurassic Park, if you had the power to special edition any of the first five films, uh, what would you do? What would you special edition? Man, I mean, I, I you know, I mentioned the ending of, of Jurassic Park 3. I mean, like, I don't know what I would need to do to make something happen there. But like, I think that's like the biggest, one of the biggest flaws in, in this. Well, that movie alone is one of the biggest flaws in this franchise. But like, I don't know. I would find a way to make something happen at the end of this movie. You know, I would just like make a big battle with like the Spinosaurs. And there was, you know, they talk about how like there's supposed to be attacks from the Raptors and, and stuff like that. And I was reading some like trading cards today from Jurassic Park three that said like there was Raptors attacking Pteranodons. I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Like I want to see that. So I would just find a way to just recreate this ending and, and, and yeah. uh, you know, give it some some heft and some weight, and uh, I, you know, I think it would make it all so much better. There, that movie rewatching it, I was like, this movie was so close to being incredible. It had a lot of awesome elements. I thought it had a great kid, I, one of my favorite kid characters in all all the franchise. Um, yeah, I think maybe that last scene. I think the egg the egg 
transfer scene, they could have incorporated a little bit more excitement, action, and and, and drama than like a three D printed uh, raptor throw. <laughs> I you know I I kind of like I like that stuff. That's the you know the the elements of that movie that I've come to appreciate are are the elements of communication because that's what that movie is like all yeah. about is is communicating and and to have that be this ongoing thread from literally like the beginning of the movie is is really cool and I've come to appreciate that but like yeah I don't know it just needs an ending and I think like there would be some shots like there's um after the spinosaur takes down the plane there's that whole attack on the plane in the forest and like the way that the 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 scene is shot is just not very Jurassic. There's a lot of shaky cam and like a lot of just weird shots. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel like Jurassic. So I feel like I would like try to make this very much more cohesive. Like we were saying about the beginning, like it just doesn't feel like it's, you know, part of the same film or something. Like there's moments throughout this movie that just like don't match up with everything else. There's some moments that are beautiful and amazing. Animatronics are really cool in this movie. The CG is for the most part, yeah. pretty spectacular. You know, yeah. so just make it more connective and, and uh, you know, I, I think I'd be happy. I wish I could do that. All right. I'm looking forward to Jurassic Park 3, a special edition coming out in 2030. Another kind of crazy far out question. So bear with me here. Brad, imagine uh, you were asked to start a colony on Mars. Unfortunately, you could only take a few prized items and you were forced to only take one one of your Jurassic Park memorabilia, what would you take to Mars to start the colony? What one piece of memorabilia would you take? Okay, you were you were like scaring me for a second. I was like, all right, what what is what's gonna happen here? Like, I don't know. All right, but then now that you say that, it's like very easy. Like, I, I think this is a simple question for me. So, uh, you know, the audio people can't hear it, but like, I know you can see behind me. There's like a it's a T Rex. So it's uh. It's from 1993. I opened it on Christmas morning, 1993. It's um, it's basically it's called the Red Rex. Uh, it was from Kenner, and it's 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 literally just a rubber T-Rex that you know stomps and and growls and stuff. And it's 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 like kind of ripped apart. My my dad like took a screw and like jammed it through the leg to connect the leg and hot glued the thing. And it's just like it's a mess. But like it's my favorite Jurassic toy piece of memorabilia whatever it is like it's it's I, I just want that i don't want anything from the films or anything like i just want to take that with me like that's that's the one thing i would show to everybody and be like this is what earth was like <laughs> we have <we> amazing <laughs> toys you know <laughs> oh i love that oh that is such a cool answer um the reason i do the mars analogy is i don't like to do the um if you're if your house burned down analogy because it's kind of a, a negative tone so uh, I, I I try to use the Mars analogy to it's a, it's a little That's bit more, I like more, that. more more positive. All right, I'm I'm coming down to my last question um, that we ask um, all of our guests after we either finish a rewatch or finish a recording. Um, in all of the franchise, who is your favorite human character, and then who is your favorite dinosaur character? Okay. Um, hmm. Okay. This is it's interesting. So I I. I want to say like, you know, some of the main people I really want to, but like, I think my favorite one is Roland Tembo. He, he's a, he's a hunter. Like I, I don't, yes. you know, I don't, I'm not, that's not like somebody I would typically side with, but like, I just love this guy, like his, this character, like the, like the, the person that they made, like 
there's deleted scenes with him that are just incredible so and uh, and just like he he has i think the best like departure of any character in any movie he doesn't die he just he just says he, he doesn't he doesn't want to be you know spend any more time in the company of death and then he just walks away and it's like oh my god this guy's deep and he has so many moments in in the lost world that are like really incredible like monologues and 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 stuff like that like he he just like shuts down this guy that's running the whole operation in in a vehicle and he's like you know just listen to me i know what's going on okay and and it's just amazing to hear and then he has this amazing story about uh you know somebody climbing everest and it's just like he has some wisdom and i, I love hearing from that character um pete postlethwaite the actor is no longer with us but like he is just He's the best character, I think. He's one of my favorite characters growing up. My brother and I love that character. Um, and I think it it's something that they could look to, to, to replicate. I think they've transitioned kind of the hunter or gamesman character to be kind of a one note like villain. Like it seems like it always becomes more villainous or um, even Vincent Denario's character. He has that story about him, like his, his pet wolf attacking his wife. And it was like, it's, do we need to like hate this guy even more? Um, and, yeah, and even and I, closer, and I, the, the guy in Fallen Kingdom, uh, Ken Wheatley, he's like literally yeah. ripping out teeth from dinosaurs. He's just a bad guy. And he's also in Fast and Furious too. So there, there's some yes, connection yes. there. Yes, he's a he's an FBI agent, and uh, that's also could connect it as well. Rowan's not a bad guy. He stands up for some people in this deleted scene and just like knocks out uh, like a crew of like just you know not cool dudes and just like knocks them out with one fist and it's just amazing it's such a a fun deleted scene but like such a memorable character and and a guy that you know toes this line it's like do you want to side with him or no i don't know but it, ultimately i feel like he ends up being good you know yeah and those are some of the best characters in jurassic park where they do a really good job in this franchise because one of the reasons i've really doubled down on my love for the franchise is they're asking these really, really tough questions beyond like a lot of superhero movies, even star Wars where it's very traditional, good versus evil. Like he's such a great character. Cause he's, we had our, our guest on my friend, uh, Greg Jackson, who, who actually works, works in, in Hollywood. And he, he said, if you really step back, I mean, he's a big game hunter that's probably done a lot of horrible things, illegal things, and like killed elephants. So, like at some point, like I know <laughs> he, he has a, but he has a line. He has a moral line. So it's this really cool character where like he he has this villainous kind of like he, he kills animals for a living, but he also has this line, and it's all about that conversation of 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 nature and and how do we um, balance nature. It's something that I think they could source that character for moving on in the franchise especially when you're thinking about bringing dinosaurs into the world like i could imagine having a whole series or movie about these basically his his line of like these rich dentists paying me to go hunt a velociraptor in montana you know like that like in in that that could be an entire movie that i would watch well, I mean, I, I think you, you know, you might get your wish in a way and it might be terrible to see, but like in Dominion, that that's a, a huge possibility is that we might be seeing places set up that do that sort of thing where they have dinosaur preserves or, or whatever, where they, they end up hunting dinosaurs. Like you could see that being a thing. It's like, 
imagine all these companies, whether they're producing dinosaurs and selling them to these places for hunting or, or, you know, they captured them and brought them to a, a place where, you know, they can have the dentists come out and pay whatever they want. And, you know, like it would be an, a, a great callback to be like, you see like, <clears throat> you're like a, a tour vehicle of some sort, like a Jeep, you know, like you're on a safari in Africa, you're, you're kind of getting that visual. And like, you see these people talking together and the guy's like, well, what do you do? And he's like, yeah, I'm a dentist. And then the other person's like, yeah, I'm a lawyer or whatever. And like, and then all of a sudden they pull out these massive rifles and you're like, okay, I don't like these people. And then they take out a brachiosaur off in the distance. And you're like, oh my God, I, what is happening? That would be an awesome opening scene. That That's, I love that idea. Oh, I would. Yeah, I would hate to see it, but you know, oh. it, it would be a great conversation. Another like layer of like kind of these themes and conversations that these movies bring out. Thank you so much for, for, for connecting. Um, what ways can people connect with the Jurassic Park podcast? Um, any, anything else you're going on? How can people connect with you? Uh, well, you know, you can uh, mostly go to our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com. Uh, all of our links are there, and you can find us mostly on Twitter. We do. Mo- I feel like most of our interacting over there, so it's at Jurassic Park Pod. Uh, but we're all over the place, Instagram. We're on TikTok now, and I'm like, how do I do? Like, I got to handle another thing? I got to figure out how to make these short videos? Um, so <laughs> we're all over the place, though. And, you know, you mentioned the live streams. We do those every Wednesday night. Um but yeah, we're all over the place. Just search us out and and we'll be there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for bringing your expertise and your passion. And I feel like I've learned so much already and and I know our listeners have. So um, best of luck in the future with the podcast. You guys are doing great things and I know you're going to continue to do awesome things. And uh, I hope uh, Dominion lives up to our our lofty expectations and dreams. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun. Mike, the T-Rex shimmy. I, I, it's think, dead. I think it's over. Yeah. <clears throat> I still don't buy his full explanation. Like I do want to see the production photograph or the production diagrams. I did look, um, I did kind of look it up a little bit too. Um, it still just doesn't, it doesn't, make sense to me entirely and so i'm still not ready to buy that it was well thought out but i appreciate his insight into it because it's kind of it's helped close one chapter for sure i wouldn't say the t-rex shimmy as a concept as a maybe like you could call it a a meme uh has died yet i don't i don't think the the concept the phrase the, the impact on on pop culture i don't think it will ever die uh what I've created from my mind. The fourth biggest <laughs> Jurassic Park podcast on the internet. So in that aspect, it has not died. But I think the the idea that this, uh, it, I don't know how to equate this to science, but like this is pretty far down on the, the theories of why this happened. Like I, it's almost like a scientific theory where like, there's a very small group of scientists who still kind of think there's there's value. Those are the groups of scientists that don't get invites to the annual conventions no, or funding <laughs> or funding. Yes, <laughs> they're the, the it's like uh, with Dr. Malcolm where uh, his tenure is revoked because he's uh, you know this lightning rod of controversy. Uh, if you love what we're talking about, you'll love what they're doing at the Jurassic Park podcast. If you're not already a listener, if you're coming from there, thank you actually for coming to listen to to our amateur uh, conversation. Uh, 
what a great community, what a great listenership, followership. They're doing an awesome thing. If you would, if you, if you're enjoying what you're listening to right now, please, we would love a uh, subscribe, a rate or a review. Um, again, visit us www.jurassicpod.com. If you want to get involved, if you're coming from the Jurassic Park podcast community and want to get involved in our show, uh, again, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a lesson from Brad. We need ideas. We need discussion topics. We want to hear your, your thoughts. So please visit our website, www.jurassicpod.com and click share your voice on the button over the sexy laying down Ian Malcolm. Mike, this has been fantastic. I'm glad we got this opportunity. Thanks again, Brad, for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, Brad, um, from the bottom of my heart, even though, um, you know, I chose softball over you. <laughs> you did have the opportunity, but the softball is, is critical. That was okay. It, it was, a, it was important. Do they call mat, no, uh, games, not matches? i'm really up in my softball knowledge these days uh we are gonna have some more episodes uh again this season's not over we have some special things planned some fun things to talk about jurassic park um with some more guests coming your way uh again thanks brad thank you brad the patron saint of this thank you and thank you jurassic park podcast for sharing brad with us Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 uh